Amen. Hey, if you got your Bible, go ahead and turn to Philippians. We're going to be there again. Like I said, we're going through the book this semester. We'll have a little break uh, in a few weeks to talk about relationships. But right now we're going to be in Philippians. So we'll be in verse 12 here in a moment. Philippians chapter 1, verse 12. You ever, you ever go in a in a restaurant, and you're like dumbfounded by all the options on the menu. You know I'm talking about, or like maybe you go in a uh, you go shopping and there's so many like this is for sale. They should buy this that you're just kind of overwhelmed. You're like I'm just gonna back out slowly, right? There's too much going on. Or, or some of y'all are like, no, I get all the sales, right? <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I, like when you go, uh, I love going to torchies with people when it's their first time because it's just a kind of a different you know you hear mexican food uh torchies doesn't necessarily fit the typical like mexican food restaurant so you walk in there's all these tacos and i love it because they always get to where you order and you're like you ready and they're like i i don't even know what to do <laughs> what street corn trashy trashy trailer what's the one the trailer trailer park trashy yeah trashy <laughs> oh yeah i got to or if you, like, it could be any coffee shop, but I love um, when someone, for example, goes into like a, a, a coffee shop. If they're used to like all they drink is just like plain regular coffee, and then you walk into one that has all kinds of stuff like Yellow House or J&B or uh, Sugar Browns, whatever. And, and this is kind of the same effect where they're just like, well, you just order for me? I don't even know what to do right now. <laughs> like, they kind of freak out. I think sometimes life can feel like that. There's, there's a lot of things kind of begging for your attention. You don't know which to choose, what you should focus on. Like... How many times a day do you, it could be several things, you get a text or you get an email or you get a phone call or you run into somebody and they're, they're wanting to talk to you about this or you talk to your parents and they're wanting to give you advice or you're, you go to class and your professor's like, you should really focus on this or you read the news and you, it, they tell you you should focus on this or the Super Bowl's coming up so you feel like you've got to figure out who you're going to pull for. Who are you pulling for, by the way? Steelers. Steelers? Y'all know the Steelers, you know the Steelers aren't playing, right? <laughs> Man, this is scary. This is scary. <laughs> Jaguars, yes, yes. Thank you, Austin. It, anyways, so there really are, okay, so maybe some of y'all should focus more on the Super Bowl since you don't know who's playing. But there really are so many things that are, are begging for our attention and to, to focus on, right? Your grades or a relationship, whatever. There's so many things begging for our attention. It can kind of be stressful, right? You with me? To what, what, deserves, what deserves my primary focus, my primary attention? It can be kind of stressful. And honestly, it doesn't... I try to tell folks this in like counseling or one-on-one a lot, but tell you guys too. Um, it, life doesn't get easier. It's not, like, I think... Cause I've, been in college, like, I think you in college, you had this feeling of like, once I'm out of college, life will just be so easy, it'll be easy to focus, it's not true, like, it just gets, it's more difficult, I don't mean that to like, depress you, but um, it becomes even more difficult to decide, man, what should I focus on, what should I give my attention to, I love, I love studying Paul and what he wrote, Paul's an, again, apostle, he's, we kind of talked about that last week, who he was, he had a life-changing encounter with Christ, but man, when you read Philippians, you see he had this 
this like laser-like focus on what was his priority in life, what, what deserved attention, what deserved his time, what deserved his focus. And it, it's cool if, if you read, um, we kind of discovered this last week, but the first portion of Philippians especially is as like a missionary update letter. Remember, he's, he started the church at Philippi, and he's writing to them. He's kind of updating them on, on a situation and what's going on. And when we read this tonight especially, we're going to see, <clears throat> even while he's in the midst of a really, really bad situation, what his focus is, what, where his attention, what his priority is. So let's check this out, verse 12. <clears throat> I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to the, all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I'm put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me and my imprisonment. What then? Imagine Paul being like, what then, fools? <laughs> what then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed. And in that, I rejoice. The primary focus of our lives, the primary thing that deserves our attention based on the example of Paul here, is the advance of the gospel. I mean, the number one desire and goal of our lives should be that people get to hear about Jesus. Now, I love this in verse 12. He says, I want you to know that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. Question, at this point when he wrote Philippians, what had happened to him? <laughs> what? <laughs> he's in jail. <laughs> yeah, he's in prison. Yeah. He's in prison. So he's not like, hey, guys, things are pretty good. I'm just hanging out and the gospel's advancing. No, he's in prison, and he's saying, you know what? Man, I want you to know the gospel, to, gospel is advancing. This is a good thing. And it's worth pointing out, this isn't prison like today's prison where Paul's, you know, getting tatted up. He's getting swollen because he's working out all the time. He's working on his football skills, watching a little TV here and there, eating some hot meals. No, like, I'm not trying to make light of prison, but seriously, you compare prison today compared to them to then not even close not even close he's in a dark damp cold dirty smelly lonely prison cell and he's saying hey you know what the gospel is advancing even though i'm in prison man people are still hearing about jesus the gospel's moving forward what's the gospel man it's the fact that even though we're all sinners, we all have rebelled against God, turned from him, and we, because of that, we deserve death. But through Jesus, God offers us, us eternal life, forgiveness, hope, and love. How do he do that? Because Romans 5, 8 says that he demonstrated his love towards us in this, that while we were still sinners, so even though we were still going, Psh, God, I don't want anything to do with you, Christ died for us. And if we're just Believe in Jesus and say, hey, I want you to be my Lord. I see that you're the king of kings. I want you to be in charge of my life. It says that he will forgive all of our sins. He'll give us a new hope, a new future. Man, we can have a relationship with God if we just trust in him. So Paul's saying, and even though I'm in prison, 
the gospel, that message is going forward. People are getting to hear about Jesus. It's advancing. Man. They're getting to hear this incredible story. So I'm in prison, yeah, but the gospel is advancing. And you know what? He could have complained, right? Like, if he would have been, if he would have said, I'm in prison, this is really lame, I'd have been like, that's understandable. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's pretty lame. But he doesn't, he doesn't do that. Like, me very much included, as Christians in America, we, we don't really know what persecution is, right? Like, we, we just don't. At this point, he'd, he'd been beaten several times. <laughs> you could even say tortured. He's in prison, and he says, hey, man, it's all good. The gospel's going forward. This is awesome. And what ways has it gone forward? It says, it's become, verse 13, it's become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. So the guards that are there, they're keeping watch. As they come, the the implication here is as they come and they have to stand guard by Paul's cell, what's he doing? They're like, what are you in here? What are you in here for, son? And he's like, let me tell you. (laughs) He's telling them about Jesus. And then as as the guards switch, he's like, hey, I got to tell you a story. You can just imagine by the end, they're like, here goes Paul again. I always preach it. It says, the whole imperial guard had heard of this and all the rest. The idea is that. So even people outside of the prison, so even people around the city of Rome are hearing about Jesus. So you say, the the gospel's advancing. Man, the prison guards are hearing about Jesus. This is awesome. Here's what's cool. It's not just that he doesn't say, I've led 13,000 to Christ. No, he just says, man, they're hearing about Jesus, and that's awesome. The gospel is advancing. And it's not just that. Look at verse 14. And most of the brothers, and hey, by the way, in the New Testament when it says brothers, that it was understood that it was, that was the, uh, man, I didn't think through this before and how to say this, but that was the way of just referring to all, everybody. So it's not like only the men, forget the women. No, it's just, that was, that was a way of referring to everybody. And most of the brothers, so all the brothers and sisters, what's up, having become, become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. This is so cool. So what are the two ways the gospel is advancing? He's saying all, all these prison guards that are here with me, they're getting to hear about Jesus because I'm sharing with them. And more than that, the other Christians here in Rome and in other places, man, they're becoming bold. They're wanting to share their faith more. They're wanting to share the word. But because they're hearing that I'm in prison, it's this idea that like, well, man, Paul's in prison. He's still sharing his faith. Surely I can do that. It's kind of like even today when you, when you hear about missionaries and people around the world that are suffering for Christ. You're like, man, surely i got to step up my game a little bit, right? I think it is worth noting. <clears throat> this was written about 62 AD in the middle of when Nero was persecuting Christians. And again, not like American persecution, like, oh, they made fun of me. I couldn't carry my Bible. Like, like, hey, we'll straight up kill you. We'll tar you and light you on fire. Like, this is not a joke, right? And he says, even in the face of all that, man, these, other, these Christians, man, they're getting bold. They're sharing their faith. So this is not cultural Christianity, like, kind of cute. Like, yeah, it's kind of cool to be a Christian, you know. No, no this, is, <laughs> this is, even if I'm going to die, I, I'm going to go and share my faith. So Paul, he's sitting in prison. Right in the Philippians, he goes, man, I want you all to know that what has happened to me, me being in prison, it's all good. Why? Because the gospel is what? 
It's advancing. People are hearing about Jesus. Yeah, I'm in prison, but it's okay. Your priorities will determine your perspective. What you're most passionate about and what you're most excited about, as long as that is happening, you can put up with a lot, right? <laughs> it's kind of, this is really dumb, I saw this, but like when I'm gonna, on a you know, Friday night going to do a big meal for Lauren and I, I'm going to grill steak and make all the sides and stuff. Being a dude, as long as the steak, that's my priority, as long as the steak's good, it's all good. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm not burn everything else. <laughs> I'm not burn everything else, but as long as the steak's good, Man, it's all good. Because that's my priority. Your priority shapes your perspective. If Paul's priority had been comfort, he would be pretty ticked about being in prison, right? If Paul's priority was, man, I want to go out and and live for me because I love me some me, right? If that was his priority, he would have been really ticked. But because his priority was the advance of the gospel, he's like, man, it's all good. It's all good. And it actually shares one more thing that would give him reason to be upset, but he's not. Look at this, verse 15. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry. So again, these, these people who are getting bold and they're going out and sharing the word, they're sharing the gospel, some are even preaching. He says, again, because of seeing Paul in prison, it says, some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry. Sorry, rivalry. But others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I'm put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. I think it's worth pointing out here for a second. If someone asked me, and I, it was a great question, after he said that, that's a great question. What does it mean to preach? How could someone preach Christ from envy and rivalry and selfish ambition? So I thought, okay, I'm a preacher. Let me think about that. I've done that before, without a doubt. Some of y'all know, if you don't know him, it's okay. Um, but some of y'all went to fall retreat, or you've, you've heard him like at D-Now, or even on a Sunday morning a couple years ago, but Walt Barnes, some are familiar with him. He's a phenomenal speaker. He, he really is incredible. And, and a dear friend, I, I mean, like I, if he was in here, I'd, I'd share the same story. Um, awesome guy. And he really, he's, he's one of my favorite preachers like, that I've ever heard. Even I'd, I wish he'd preach a passion. That'd be awesome. Um, but after hearing him speak, and everybody's like, oh, man, Walt killed it. It was great. And it, by the way, I'm just being honest here, okay? There's something in my flesh that's like, oh, man, next Thursday I'm going to bring it. <laughs> like, I'm going to show them I can preach too, right? <laughs> and I have to fight that. I'm, I'm serious. Like, it is funny because they even said, I'm like, man, I'm an idiot. <laughs> but that, that's a real thing. And you could, you could, whatever your, like, profession is, you can imagine doing that, right? Um, but Richard Cruz, middle school pastor, one of my best friends we grew up together he got to preach a few uh months ago on a wednesday night and people man they were so excited about him and they gave him a standing ovation i was like okay and there's just a little part of me that's like well next time i preach i'm gonna show him what's up right which is ridiculous right but this 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 fleshy desire to to show like man i'm gonna show them uh, i'm a good communicator I, i can do this too that's kind of what's going on there they're 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 preaching Christ, but they're doing it with this selfish ambition. But it's interesting, he says, part of it is out of envy and rivalry, and they're trying to afflict him in his pr- imprisonment. Paul doesn't give us all the details, again, because this is not his priority. His focus is on the gospel, but it seems to indicate here that maybe even some of these people are preaching 
with the desire to kind of kick Paul while he's down. So Paul is, he's the leader of the church essentially, right? I mean, obviously Christ is, but he's, he's doing an incredible job leading the church and, and preaching and starting churches. And so he's kind of a big deal. Like if there was a Christian celebrity in the church in the first century, it's Paul, right? He's a big deal. So now that he's in prison, it gives people a chance for them to, this is dangerous, but you know, to get up on their pedestal, right? And, and to show that, that, you know, so you can imagine, we don't know this for a fact, but you can imagine them, them preaching and every now and then throwing in there a little bit. You know, Paul's in prison. He's not doing ministry right now, but here I am preaching. We don't know that for a fact, but there's this, there's this envy, there's this rivalry to, to show that they're good preachers or to get attention. They're trying to, to hurt Paul. There must be some sort of kind of broken friendship there. So even while people are trying to hurt Paul and they're trying to maybe make him look foolish because he's in prison, you can imagine them even saying, maybe Paul did something he shouldn't have because God, maybe he's punishing Paul. He's in prison. What then? Paul says, what then? What's my response? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed. You know what? Paul says, I don't care how they preach, or how trashy and dumb they make me look, as long as Christ is lifted up, it's all good. It's all good. Because his primary focus, his primary desire was that the gospel go forward, that people hear about Jesus. Again, when your priority is the advance of the gospel, then your perspective on most things in life is, hey, it's all good. (laughs) I was thinking about the idea that, man, when you're, when you're focused on something, how it changes everything that you do and your, and your perspective. Um, I knew, you could say this with a lot, you could give a lot of examples, but um, you ever notice how a guy, or I guess it, I say it the opposite way too, but um, a guy, when he likes a girl and she actually likes him back, he kind of can change, he like changes. And I don't mean like in a bad way, but just like all of a sudden, he'll put up with things, he'll, he'll do things that maybe he wouldn't before, let me be a little more clear. So I, I knew a guy that, uh, two things about him. He did not like to hang around and talk after church. Like, as soon as church was over, he's like, deuces, I'm out. Like, that was not him. And he hated to go. You guys ever been to a corn maze? He hated the corn maze. I'm talking about, I will fight somebody before I'll go to the corn maze. Hated it. Well, um, he met this girl. They started talking and everything. And it was funny. She, she liked, after church, she liked talking and hanging out and hanging around. So guess what this guy did? Man, I hang out at church all day, y'all. <laughs> it's all good. Because his focus was, I want to be with this girl. You, you know what I'm saying? And it's funny. They, uh, she wanted to go to the corn maze. And I, and I was like, dude, you, you're not going to go, right? You hate the corn maze. like, no, it's not that bad, man. <laughs> all of a sudden, because his priority was to be with this girl, his perspective was like, hey, as long as I can be with her, it's all good, right? <laughs> that's, that's kind of the idea here that, man... If our priority is the gospel and people hearing about Jesus, then it doesn't matter what our circumstances are. It's all good because I just want people to hear about Jesus. So I'll do whatever it takes for people to hear about Jesus. Lauren gets, I think I mentioned this last week. Lauren's my wife, by the way. Sometimes I say her name and don't, you know, you're like, who's Lauren? Um, but uh, she gets missionary update letters from, from families really all over the world, uh, the Middle East, Asia, Africa, all over. It's some really tough places. And she'll sometimes, she'll like, she normally reads them at, at night, and she'll start laughing, and she's like, man, I just I don't know what to think, because I'm, I'm kind of summarizing lots of them, but things will happen like um, 
one family, they dis- discovered one afternoon, they went in the kitchen to like, sweep something up and realized that, like, I don't know what kind of ants are in Africa, but they're kind of mean ants. Like, they're not like Lubbock ants, you know what I'm talking about? Like they have like fangs and claws, not really. But, but literally, ants just poured into their, into their kitchen for like hours till liter- eventually you could not see their floor. And not just like trying to use hyperbole. No, really, you couldn't see their floor. So she's telling the, the lady that's um, sending this email is telling the story, but it ends it with, but you know what? People are hearing about Jesus here in Africa, so it's all good. And I'm like, I will be out of there, <laughs> right? But her perspective was, people were hearing about Jesus. Hey, sure, ants could come in our house. you want some dinner? You know, like, it's all good. Another family, I don't remember the exact details, but they were without, like, power and water for several days, right? Um, they were here recently in a part of the world where it's very difficult. So, like, almost having heat strokes from the heat and everything. Um, but, again, it was, that, was, that was like a minor mention. It's like, hey, pray for us. We haven't had power in, like... You know, five days, and we're sweating. And but hey, we got to share the gospel with somebody. That's me typing, by the way. <laughs> we got to share the gospel with somebody. So hey, it's all good. Their focus is the advance of the gospel. And here's the deal, y'all. It should be the same for us as believers. If Jesus really is who we say he is, who we believe him to be, and he really has done for us what we say he's done then telling other people about him, making much of him wherever we go, should be our priority, right? So that means when you're in class, the person you sit by, you see that as an opportunity, man, to tell them about Jesus. That means when you're in a group project, it's not just like, oh, this group project stinks, I don't want to do it. No, it's an opportunity, man, to influence them for the gospel, to advance the gospel. When you're at work, it's not just a job. It's an opportunity to advance the gospel. When you go to the coffee shop, it's not just, give me a vanilla spice skinny latte. <laughs> it's No, the person behind the counter has a name. And you talking with them is an opportunity to share the gospel and not to look like a jerk. But <laughs> Right? You, you go on and on of the circumstances, but, but it's, everything you face is an opportunity. Everything you encounter, everything you do, you should see it through the lens of, man, this is a chance. This is an opportunity for me to advance the gospel. And so, you know, maybe everything else in my life doesn't work out just how I want it to, but it doesn't really matter because I have one main priority, one main focus. Y'all with me? Some of us may object to that, meaning I think it'd be easy to say, man, that's, that was Paul. He was a missionary. He was a church planner. He was crazy anyways. This is just for pastors and missionaries. No, we're going to see as we go through Philippians. This is, this is for all believers. If you know Jesus, the primary focus of your life should be to advance the gospel in everything you do. Some of us are going to object and say, I got a lot of other things I could focus on. I mean, I don't know if you know, Brandon, but I'm a college student, and it's hard to keep up my grades. It is hard. You're right. You may say, you know, I, Brandon, I, I'm in this relationship. It requires a lot of time, a lot of focus. It's really important to me. You may say, you know, I've got this career in front of me, and I want to make sure I, I land the job and that I'm, I'm successful. And so, Brandon, Jesus is good and all, but I, I got my focus on that. I, I'm, that's a priority for me. Maybe your priority is 
being in the in crowd, being popular, having, you know, being able to party, whatever, because you're in college. And that's what college students do, which is probably like the stupidest thing ever. Please don't ever say that. I'm in college. College kids party, so I'm going to party. Like, just please don't say that. <laughs> Sorry. That was kind of mean, but just don't say that. <laughs> Let me ask you, all of those other things that could grab your attention, that you, you probably are, because all of us are, you're probably um, prone to give your focus to those. Are those really more important than Jesus? No. <laughs> you guys aren't, don't seem very convinced. No. Absolutely not. The idea that you would like completely fall away from your relationship with Christ, I mean lose your salvation, but just like quit church, quit spending time with him because you really need to focus on school. How, how could you? That's, that's literally tra- trading the treasure for trash, right? I mean, school's important, it's good, but don't, qu- don't drop out of school. <laughs> yeah, you're getting a little too excited here. But really, I'm, I mean, look, I'm, I'm a A student, I'm just get my doctorate, school's important, so don't hear me wrong. But if for a second I felt like being in school was going to just keep me from Jesus, man, I hope I would give it up, Right? I would also ask you, all these things that maybe you feel like are demanding your attention, your time, your focus, how's that working for you? Does that make sense, what I'm asking? Is that really worth giving all your time and attention to? And beyond that, I think we, we tend to think, well, man, I've got to do this because I'm making the world a better place and I'm making a better life for myself. Really? Like, I've I, I worked really hard to get almost straight A's all through college and, and grad school. And no one has ever asked me about that. <laughs> My point is, it's really not that big of a deal. Like, it's, it's okay. I keep picking on school. I should pick on something else. <laughs> Don't let grades or a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a job keep you from making your main focus, your main priority, people hearing about Jesus. Does that make sense? I think most of us, I'm almost done, I promise. I think most of us, to this idea that the main focus of our life should be the advance of the gospel, would say, amen, you're right, right? We would agree with that. But if you're like me, I would say, I'm not there. Anybody else there? I'm not there. Like, I don't wake up every day just like, my main focus is the advance of the gospel. That's all I'm going to think about. I'm just not there yet. How How do you get there? A quote that John Piper has used for a long time. He says, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. I love that. Here's the deal. If you want to be the person, the kind of person who says, man, the the gospel advancing is my focus. That's my priority. The way to become that person is not to get up and go, I got to try hard. I got to try hard. You, I'm going to witness to you. Let's go. Like That's going to not probably end well, okay? But if you get up every day and say, and just like Paul did, fall crazy in love with Jesus, it's going to be natural, right? What you're excited about, you naturally praise and talk about. I met a, I meet with a guy the other day who, I, it was more of an acquaintance. I hardly know the guy. And the first thing out of his mouth when I saw him, I said, dude, how was, how was your break? Dude, I got engaged. She's amazing. She's awesome. She's beautiful. He, he's excited about her. So he, he talked about her. He advanced her fame, Right? Man, when you're excited about Jesus and, and obsessed with who he is, 
you're going to advance the gospel and it's going to be very natural. Seriously, think about like the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the maker of the heavens and the earth humbled himself, Philippians 2 says, humbled himself to the point of death, even death on a cross to rescue you, to save you. What else could you want in life? Right? You, that's the pinnacle. We don't have to try to earn favor from people or try to get a certain degree to look cool. Men, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, love me enough to die for me. You've arrived. You've made it. So now tell other people about it, right? <laughs> you get to say it simply, talking about this idea of, man, it's the, the focus of the gospel advancing, it starts with, Desiring and loving Jesus, and it turns into natural advancement of the gospel. To say it really simply, it's already on the screens. We should have gospel glasses. The idea that whatever I face, whatever situation I'm in, whatever opportunity, whatever difficulty, whatever victory, I see it through the lens of, hey, this is a chance to share the gospel. So, one, because I've, let me say this, I said earlier that. Your priorities determine your perspective. But also, I would say this. Your perspective of Jesus will change your priorities. So here's the deal. If you're like, man, I don't really, I don't think at all that my priority is to make much of Jesus and to share him. Well, here's the deal. If your perspective of him will change, where you start to see how grand and beautiful and incredible and loving and forgiving he really is, it'll change your priorities. You're going to want to share the gospel. Gospel glasses. Man, when I see who Jesus is, I can't help but go into other situations and see them as opportunities to, to talk about Jesus. Gospel glasses. You know someone who, you probably don't know him actually, but someone who's really, really good at this is my wife's dad. Like, it's funny. I feel like when I, sometimes, maybe it's just because I haven't done it enough, I feel like sometimes when I try to share the gospel, advance the gospel, it just, it's kind of awkward and like I'm trying too hard. He... We literally, I can't think of a time we haven't been in public with him and he hasn't shared the gospel. And not once have I been like, oh gosh. <laughs> it's, it's never like that. Two reasons. One, because he loves Jesus. And two, because he literally sees every opportunity to share the gospel. We were um, back in Jacksonville over the Christmas break and at this place up near the beach. And uh, he went to get it. Like, we were sitting down eating lunch and he got done and decided he wanted a smoothie. So... The man likes some milkshakes. Nothing wrong with that. So he gets with well, smoothies on milkshake, but similar. Anyways, he goes and gets this smoothie. He comes back and he's like, just nonchalant, not bragging. He's not trying to look spiritual, not trying to impress us. He just, hey, we saw you talking to somebody. Who'd you meet? Oh, when I got my smoothie, I met that truck driver over there, and he was delivering some stuff. And I just asked him if he knew Christ, and he actually said he did. And we talked about church, and he might come to our church on Sunday or something like that. And I was just like, how did you do that? But he just literally just just talked to the guy. One time he was on a bus on the way to work. Um, I think it's awesome, Lawrence. He doesn't have to be rides the bus to work, which I think is super cool. And uh, he was talking with a, a gentleman, and they started talking about football. And the guy said that he was a Florida Gator fan, which, eh. Anyways, the guy said he was a Gator fan. And uh, Lawrence, dad, just like that, and I'm missing a beat, said, oh, man, you know, I'm not really a Gator fan. But Danny Warfel, if you don't know him, it's okay. He used to play quarterback for them, I guess, in the 90s. He was a really strong Christian. And so her dad said, yeah, Denny Warfel used to play quarterback for them. He was a really strong Christian guy. You know, speaking of, of Christianity, I'm a Christian, and Jesus really changed my life. Do you know Jesus? And it wasn't like a Jesus dude. It was just like, hey, let's just talk about it. He literally sees every opportunity. We were, we were talking. I'm not sure this is true. Um, 
but it, it may have happened. We're not really sure. But like, if I would be willing to bet, if Lauren's dad got like in a in a fender bender with somebody, most of us would be like, "Are you kidding me? Watch where you're driving." I would have no doubt that he would get out and be like, "Hey, are you okay? You're okay. Good. Hey, can I tell you about Jesus? Like, that's just what he would do. Like, it's always on his mind. But again, why is he like that? I, he reeks of it. He reeks of spending time with Jesus, doesn't he? He man, he he is satisfied and loves Jesus. Like, that's his favorite thing to talk about. And again, he's not super spiritual. He's not weird. He loves talking about lots of things. But he really loves Jesus. So what I've found about him is he just wants to advance the gospel. He's not pushy. He's not weird. He just wants to talk about it. His perspective of Jesus has changed his priorities. And he always has on gospel glasses. But it starts with spending time here. And our primary focus should be advancing the gospel. So here's what I want us to do tonight as, as we close. We're going to sing a little bit in a second and kind of reflect. But if you would, just, just bow your head for a second and consider. I want you to consider two things. First of all, if you don't know Jesus, you, you never experienced his love, his forgiveness, the hope that he has, then I invite you to that to that tonight. We're not going to ask you to come up here. I, I would just love to maybe talk with you afterwards. Or maybe you're like, hey, I used to go to church. I, I know a little bit about Jesus, but you're talking about him, and I don't know him like that. Like, I don't see him as beautiful and wonderful. So can you, you help me? Man, I would love to talk with you. Lauren would love to talk with you. David, Julia, lots of people would love to talk with you about Jesus. But if you're a believer in here tonight, I want to ask you, how are you doing with your primary focus in life? Is your primary focus just to survive college? It's kind of understandable. I get that. But man, we're, we're called to something higher. We're called to advance the gospel, to have gospel glasses, to see every opportunity as a chance to share the gospel. So how are your priorities doing? If you, and if you would say, hey, it's okay if you're like this guy. I'm like this sometimes. Maybe you're like, Brandon, I don't, I don't really know. I don't really know what my priorities are. Here's some questions to help you think through that. What frustrates you? Paul was in prison, had every right, if there ever was a right to be frustrated. By the way, he was in prison for living for God. How's that? Hey, you live for God. You're sharing the gospel. You're writing the Bible, by the way. We'll put you in prison. If he had a right to complain and be frustrated with God, if anyone ever did, it was Paul. Because he was so obsessed with Jesus and his goodness, he just wanted the gospel to advance. Y'all, if we're always getting mad about petty, trivial things, maybe that priority needs to change. What do you get excited about? If all you ever get excited about is the new gadget coming out or because a football team is doing well or because someone likes you, whatever, <laughs> that's all you ever get excited about? Man, not like trying to hate on you, but man, maybe your priority needs to focus more on Jesus. So I'm going to shut my mouth for a second. I want you to just be still and say, God, help me to have gospel glasses. Help me to make you my priority, advancing the gospel my priority, and to see every opportunity as a chance to, to talk about you. Even if it's just planting a seed, even if it's just being kind to someone and, and praying for them, God, help me to do that. Take a moment and just ask God to help you with that.
feel like you're not very good at this and you're struggling, know that I'm right there with you. <laughs> Guilty as charged, man. I've got work to do. I promise you're not alone. If you feel like, man, this is not my priority, know that you're not alone and we're all going to work on this together. God, I pray that you would give us gospel glasses. God, I pray that you would give us such an incredible perspective of you, Lord, that it changes our priorities. Would help us to see every opportunity as a chance to, to advance the gospel. And would help us not to be lazy or to be fearful of what people may think or to be distracted by what's on our Instagram feed or Snapchat or whatever. Lord, help us to focus on advancing the gospel. Lord, I pray that that would start with a love for you, a love for the gospel message in our own hearts. Y'all, we're going we're gonna to sing now. And remember we mentioned earlier that when you have a, the right perspective of Jesus, of the gospel, man, you're going to want to go and share. So what we're going to do now, we're just going to sing about really the gospel message, the good news of Jesus. The song's called The Scandal of Grace. You died in my place. This idea that, man, Jesus, you're bigger, you're better than anything or anyone. I can't believe what you've done for me. We're going we're gonna to revel in that with the hopes that as we get a better perspective of Jesus and reflect on him, we're going to want to go out and share with others. Y'all, stand and sing with us.